Does everyone have a sexual fetish? What is up, sapiosexuals? Thank you for turning on Sex in South Beach with America's sex educator, Dr. Sanjaya. So the sex situation we're getting into today is all about sexual fetishes. And according to a 2016 article published in the Journal of Sex Research, lots of people are engaging in their sexual fetish, or at least are interested in engaging in it. Now, sexual fetishes are often described as an unusual sexual interest. But as it turns out, fetishes are surprisingly common as this study reported that one out of three participants admitted to having a sexual fetish. So maybe it's time to redefine fetishes. It might be the people who don't have a fetish are the abnormal ones. (laughs) So far, scientists have identified at least 549 different fetishes. But uh, since you got other things to do today, we're just going to talk about some of the top ones. (laughs) About 9% of men are into europhilia, also known as golden showers. Yes, they enjoy urinating on their partners or being urinated on or both. Mm, That's going to be a wet bed, right? (laughs) For some of these guys, the more disgusting the act, the more it turns them on. Others are turned on by the fact that it's actually humiliating to be peed on. So some of them might also have a humiliation fetish, and golden showers is just one of the many manifestations. Voyeurism, or discreetly watching a stranger get undressed or having sex? Mm. Well, this is absolutely the most common fetish identified in all the research. Over 46% of people in that 2016 study in the Journal of Sex Medicine, that's nearly half of the sample. Well, they actually expressed a genuine desire to engage in voyeurism. And guess what? (laughs) 35% had actually already done it at least once. (laughs) Yeah, baby, as it turns out, your neighbors actually are watching you undress. (laughs) Well, at least the males are. While 50% of men in the study said they'd engaged in voyeurism, only about 20% of women had actually done it. And this totally makes sense to me, because while women watch porn, men watch a whole lot more. And essentially, porn is voyeurism, except the stars actually know that you're watching them. Now, men were also more likely to be sexually aroused by an inanimate non-sexual object, also known as fetishism. First, let's clarify that a vibrator does not count as a non-sexual object, okay? The reason they made vibrators was uh, so you could have a climax, okay? So it's actually a sexual object. Now, a non-sexual object would be something like shoes, fruit, or a specific material such as vinyl. While a quarter of respondents in this study said they'd engaged in this type of fetishism, 44% said they were very interested in engaging. So yeah, 
it turns out um, some men really do want to put their penis into a warm apple pie. <laughs> and while 30% of men have gotten turned on by an inanimate object, women, well, guess what? Ladies, we are not too far behind. 23% of the ladies in the study said they'd been turned on by an inanimate object. Now, this made me wonder, I mean, are we counting the shower head as an inanimate object? <laughs> I mean, this had to be the main source of pleasure, right? So easily accessible, the ladies grow up with a faucet. Mm-hmm. Actually, I was starting to think, you know, I think those detachable shower heads, mm, made by a woman, <laughs> I bet. <laughs> or a really nice man. <laughs> Extended exhibitionism. Or having sex in a place where you might get caught? What? This is the number three fetish in that study. And you could probably see why. I mean, what is the deal with the Mile High Club? You know what I'm talking about. Having sex in an airplane bathroom? I mean, I'm like a germaphobe, so to me, it comes off as completely gross and germy. But I do understand that the main reason this excites people is the thrill of getting caught. <laughs> Imagine the pilot announcing on the overhead, attention to the passengers doing the deed in the bathroom. Please finish up and return to your seat. <laughs> I actually love the idea of extended exhibitionism because you know what? It reminds me of growing up. I am a lady who went to an all-girls Catholic school. So parents, beware. If your daughter's in an all-girls Catholic school, who knows? She may grow up to be a sexologist like me. <laughs> but this whole fetish, it reminds me of my very first boyfriend. When we were together for years and years and years before we had sex, I mean, he was probably having sex with other people, but I didn't know. So we were together for years before we had sex. And when I was about to move away to go to college, what? We were like, we got to do it. We got to do it. Not only did we do it, mm, but we made a list of all the special places we had been throughout our relationship. And then we agreed to have sex in each of these places before I left for school. <laughs> yes, mom, that's probably what your high school senior is doing right now. Mm -mm -mm. Nothing like listening to this show to make you feel good about being a parent. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Mind you, again, I was at an all-girls Catholic school. I had only nuns for teachers. And apparently, I was also engaging in extended exhibitionism, even though I didn't have the words for it. I mean, I didn't even know anything about sex in school. Mm. I know those nuns would be proud of their little explorer. <laughs> Wet and messy fetishism, also known as a wham or splashing. This is also pretty common. Now, this involves covering your partner or yourself with messy edible substances that, um, think about like cream pies, cakes, custard, syrup, edible slime, or paint. Mm. Now, there's no data about how common the wet and messy fetish is because, uh, well, you know what? Society, let's be real, is not really ready to accept this yet, so we can't collect research data on things we cannot even admit exist. But one episode at a time, this podcast is going to prepare the world to accept we are all sexually diverse. And if you like wet and messy stuff, mm, as long as your partner does too, wham, baby, I'm all for it. Different strokes for different folks. For example, 
diaperism <laughs> or adult baby diaper lovers. Now, this is a fetish that mostly impacts men. Many guys want to wear diapers because it turns them on sexually. Now, some guys also like to act like a baby when they're wearing diapers. For example, they might drink from a bottle or they might talk like a baby in that little baby talk. Mm. Now, some of these men with diaperism, they say it reminds them of a time when life was easier and someone always cared for them. Whatever the case, this fetish is not as uncommon as it sounds. And some men, well, they might not have full-fledged diaperism, but they do like to engage in some baby-like behaviors. For example, they might just like play with a teddy bear during sex or talk like a baby or want to call you his little princess. Now others, oh, they go full-fledged. Oh, yeah. They're going to wear their diaper and they're going to even soil their diaper just like a baby does. Like I said earlier, mm, different strokes for different folks. Now, after all that, you might be wondering, how do I know if my fetish is a problem? I mean, if you're wearing a diaper and you just pooped on yourself, this question might be running through your head, right? <laughs> well, fetishistic disorder. This is the term that we use when a fetish becomes problematic. Now, to be diagnosed with this disorder, four conditions must be met. One, experiencing intense sexual arousal stemming from a part of the body that is not genitalia or from an inanimate object. Two, recurring urges, mental images, or fantasies about the fetish that last longer than six months. Three, anxiety, shame, or confusion related to the fetish and one's desire for it. The person must be dealing with these types of emotions. And four, the fetish, it causes disruptions to the individual's day-to-day -day life, including complications at home, work, or within their interpersonal relationship. Surprisingly, I've had a few ladies tell me recently um, they weren't into diaperism, but their boo was. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah, hard to work out that one, huh? Now, men are significantly more likely to have this disorder, but like all problems, anybody can be impacted. If you or someone you love has fetishistic disorder, then talking to a sex therapist may help. And remember, just because you like something sexually, that does not mean that you have a problem. A fetish is not a problem if it doesn't hurt anybody, doesn't interfere with your daily life, and only occurs among consenting adults. One of the biggest challenges with fetishes is many people, they don't know how to tell their partner what they're really into. And that's where I come in. If you are dying to disclose your fetish to your partner, but you don't know how, simply share this show with them. Or better yet, listen to it together. I promise it's going to ignite a conversation you would never have otherwise. And it is so important to let your partner know what turns you on. After all, 
Who wants to be in a relationship where you feel that you have to repress your sexual desires? Nobody. Be brave, boo, and share your desires and fetishes with your partner. If they're down, great. And if they're not, maybe you two can find some time to experiment together. Who knows? Maybe they're going to surprise you by revealing they got a wet and messy fetish. You never know until you ask. All right, all right now, it is time for your climax, where I give you a little something-something to remember about fetishes. One, sexual fetishes are extremely common. One study found that one in three research participants admitted to having a fetish. Two, while men are more likely to have sexual fetishes, lots of ladies also have a sexual fetish that turns them on. Minus fine men. <laughs> Three, not all fetishes are problematic. Mm-mm-mm. If it doesn't hurt anybody, it is only between consenting adults and you are still getting all your daily activities accomplished, you probably all right, boo. But if you're questioning it, check with your doctor just to make sure they might be able to help you or maybe they're going to refer you to a sex therapist. And four, If a fetish has been going on for over six months and is interfering with your relationship or your daily life, you need to talk to a doctor or sex therapist and get yourself some help. Nobody loves you like you do, boo. You are the best person to help yourself. So go out, ask for some help. We're here for you. This is what we do, boo. And five, Mm. don't pee or poop on anyone without their permission. Seriously, before engaging in any sexual fetish, it is absolutely essential to talk to your partner first to see if they're okay with participating. Remember, consensual sex is the only type of sex that is legal in the United States of America. Mm, mm, mm. For your daily dose of nookie knowledge, check me out on all the social media platforms. That's Dr. Sanjaya. D-R-S-O-N-J-I-A on Instagram, TikTok, LinkedIn. What you waiting for, boo? You know you're dying to link up. I am Dr. Sanjaya, and I had so much fun chatting you up today, and I cannot wait to do it again next time. Thank you so much for listening to Sex and South Beach, where everyone comes for happier, healthier sex. My Uber driver lost his mind the other day, but he blamed me. He said I smelled so good he became too excited to drive. This man actually pulled over to get himself together. And he refused to drive until I told him the name of my fragrance. Then he bought three bottles before driving again. I know Sense Body Oil makes men crazy, but that Uber ride should be free. What's your Sense story? SenseBodyOil.com. S-E-N-S-E. BodyOil.com.